Hello and welcome to Lily of the Herbs podcasts. I'm Lily and this is the first episode that I've ever recorded for you guys. Super excited, a um, little bit nervous, sitting in the forest of northern New South Wales where I have recently found myself. Um, it's a great opportunity at the moment to share through our words and our online platforms and I've just bursting, I feel like I'm bursting um, with so much to share and ideas and there's so many people that I want their voices to be heard throughout this time. So I'm really hoping that this podcast can be a platform for the plant people and the creators and the makers and the medicine makers and the herbalists and the witches um, and so that they can all be heard and their wisdom can get out there to help you all through this time. There's a lot of people, um, what I've been hearing is that this is a time to go inwards and to stop and to pause and breathe. And I truly believe that, but I also believe that this is a time to do what you've been wanting to do. Maybe some of you don't have to go to work at this time or your work's been cut off or anything like that. I was doing Zentai Shiatsu, which I'm not going to be able to do at the moment, which is fine. It's just a time to go deeper into my own practice. And I'm privileged that I don't have children at this time. I'm feeling for all those people that have got things that they have to keep trying to struggle through. Um, yeah, so my heart's going out to all of those people because it's a very difficult time as well. But one of the things that I want to impart in today's podcast is about um, reclaiming our health and our medicine and our connection to nature. And I feel that one of the things that if I could leave any, anyone who is listening to this with any idea or any sense at the end of this podcast would be that we can take our own health into our own hands. And there seems to be fear around catching this virus at the moment or what it will do and what it will spread and what it could, you know, who might die. And yeah, we're all going to die at some point. And I think there's a legitimate fear in the unknown quality of this virus. But even if it goes away, even if we work out a vaccine for this, I still think that there's some very important messages that are lying under this, which is how can we take sovereignty over our immunity and our general vitality? How can we live day to day in a way that is more in harmony with nature and in balance? How can we learn to harvest our medicine from our gardens or our neighborhoods or the bushland nearby or the forest nearby? And how can we work in this balance balance and constantly kind of fine-tuning our health and understanding that it's different each day there's different cycles as opposed to the fix it now if something comes up attitude of allopathic medicine that was a lot <laughs> I'm just I, I can get I get very passionate about this and I think I haven't quite found my podcast voice which I know will come but I'm trying to bring open the discussion today about how can we all collectively maybe I'll just speak about Australia here 
um, just take simple steps in our day-to-day -day lives so that we're less dependent on our healthcare systems. One of the arguments around staying at home at the moment and flattening the curve of the coronavirus is that if everybody gets sick at once, we'll overwhelm our healthcare systems and our hospitals and it'll be like it was in Italy. Um, and I think that if we could empower more people to feel like they have the herbs or the plants and the tools to deal with an illness or a fever as it arises or the beginnings of a flu or a virus, then we would have less reliance on our public healthcare systems. This means that it frees them up for people who do have compromised immune systems and really need that, that, that support and that Western medicine approach of quick, get in there, like let's deal with this because it's, it's quite serious now. Um, so how do we do that? How do we claim our immunity and get back to that point? So for me, what it is that I think helps me to stay in balance and to work with my immunity and take sovereignty over my immunity and my general well-being comes down to many, many things. And I think I'll talk to three of them today um, because for me, they are what gives me this sense of power and strength and health when I wake up in the morning. And the first one is feeling the body and having a practice. It can be in the morning. doesn't really matter when you do it. But having a practice that drops you into your body. For many people, that's yoga or ancestral movement or meditation or anything. Anything that dancing, walking in nature, Anything that drops you into the body so that you can feel into all of the areas and sense into bits that are tight and stuck and bits that feel like they're holding or tense. And yeah, this has always been something that has helped me to feel alive. I really believe that Practices like Qigong and yoga, which bring awareness and educate you around how to master your energy and your physicality, are so important because unless we can move and understand the way our body wants to move, it's really hard for us to then trust and have a sense of where our state of equilibrium or balance is when we go out of balance. And we're so different every day. Like one practice, one yoga practice that I do one morning will be completely different the next morning. This depends on where I am in my menstrual cycle. That is something that I'm also able to witness, the changes in my body that happen throughout a month when I'm doing a daily practice and I'm moving my body every day. So I think that that's something which so many people, and especially people who are probably listening to this, you're probably so aware of that practice but I think as a society collectively it's not really emphasized I'm just imagining if suddenly when schools and workplaces were opened again if that was one of the parts that was put into the health department and they said like look 
when kids get to school in the morning. There should be yoga. That should be the first thing, 9am, not sitting down at the desk and going like, okay, it's maths now. But imagine at 9am, everyone came in or into the workplace and someone ran a yoga class. And then there was even just five minutes of meditation and watching the breath and noticing the body. Imagine there was that. Because exercise is a part of PE, physical education is a part of school, but there's often this competitive, goal-orientated emphasis there. So, yeah, imagine that if that was part of our society and that was valued and there was time given for that, as well as time to develop your own personal practice. So that's number one. I think number two is comes down to connection to the plant world, the plant kingdom. And I think we've lost some power today in around what we eat and where our food comes from and where our medicine comes from. And in doing that, so we've lost a bit of our connection to nature. So we go for a walk in the park and, yeah, we're connecting with the elements and the sun's out and, these, and the breeze is there, the air, and we're breathing. We walk to the beach, we jump under the waves. We feel that connection. We feel it so strongly and it's there. And I think that is, hasn't been completely lost. But I think when it comes down to what we put in our bodies, that exchange, that exchange from when there's food on the plate to when it comes into our bodies, that is where we're missing many, many steps and there isn't an awareness or education around where did the food come from. So when we buy food from the, ooh, it's going to rain. Okay, <laughs> my connection to nature is here. I'm going to go into some shade. So I'm continuing now in a bit of an echoey space. Um, and I can, you can hear the sound of the rain on the tin roof. Really beautiful. Oh, this is so perfect for this. <laughs> so yeah, the second step that I think we need to take collectively as a country into reclaiming our health and sovereignty over our vitality and well-being and immunity is connecting in more with our food sources, growing food. I know Stephanie Alexander has an amazing program at primary schools, but I think that that could go into secondary schools. I think growing and educating people about our agricultural systems is so important. Community gardens. And then that's just the first step. Then the second step, I think, is around our medicine. Because where is there any more awareness around like what's in your tea bags? You know, most shops you'll go to, there's like, hmm, you could get chamomile, peppermint, lemongrass and ginger or green tea. And that's the herbal tea range. And they all come mainly in a little tea bag where you don't actually see the herb. And it's all chopped up and it's actually probably kind of weak. You don't really have an idea of the strength of that tea. And so then this question comes in around how can we bring medicine, day-to-day grassroots herbal medicine into our daily lives? And I think that comes again through education and awareness. But for me, every day 
I'll see, like wherever I am on my journeys, I'll be just sitting having lunch on the middle of a big drive and I'll look down and I'm like, oh, look, it's chickweed. Oh my gosh, great, I forgot lettuce. I'll just put it in my sandwich. Or I'll go out specifically looking for elderberries because I'm like, it's corona viruses out there. I need to have elderberries in case I get a flu. And I'm going out there and looking but all the elderberries are gone because the birds have eaten them and I'm like, oh, my mind's like, oh no, I couldn't get the berries. And then suddenly I'm just standing in front of a field of Californian poppy. I'm like, wow, I wasn't even expecting to find this, but maybe what the world is saying to me right now is I need Californian poppy because it's a beautiful, soothing medicine that's filled with sunlight energy it just calms the nervous system. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I can just dry some of that for a tea and make a little tincture. And that's actually more important right now for me to be dealing with the stress of constant updates from the media about what's going on with the virus. And yeah, wow, this is perfect. So just adapting and sometimes not looking for what you want, but then getting what you need. So learning how to forage and be aware of what's growing in our local area or even if you don't live out in the forest growing pot plants like having rosemary and peppermint growing they're really easy and sage these are all beautiful things to do and use if you get a cold or you've got the start of a flu just and having them at schools as well and having just some simple education on how to make a tisane which is basically a tea an infusion of leaves and flowers, or how to make a decoction, which is a boiling up of roots and berries. Different things like that. I think this is probably the second step that we could all take to get to a place of more sovereignty around our health. Wow, I'm really going through this. It's great. And then the third really important aspect which I feel that it's missing is a holistic approach to health as opposed to a top-down kind of treating the symptoms, allopathic and western medicine, whatever you want to call it, approach. So instead of that, looking at the whole body and looking at the whole body every day because the whole body is different every single day as we'd know from our movement practice or bodily awareness as we change depending on how much sleep that we had depending on what we ate last night how late we ate we're a different human being every single day and we're affected also by our outside environment we're affected by the seasons lily in winter in victoria is very different to lily in summer up in northern new south wales there's I'm affected by the elements when it's a lot colder and a lot drier. I am colder and drier. My body responds in those ways. So I'm more susceptible to go out of balance in these ways. And so this is most traditional medicines, um, they work in this holistic way and they use uh, the elements to diagnose and to, as a lens to view a whole body in. So I've been journeying over the last, yeah, I guess I say like a couple of years now with the, maybe not, maybe a year and a half. Anyway, I've been journeying with the five elements, the Chinese five elements of 
um, earth, metal, water, wood and fire and seeing how they play out within me as earth being the, the first, the basis for everything. It's, it's the ground, like it, earth is the rock that everything moves from and then, and then moving into metal which is related to the season of autumn. There's this contraction, the metal, and it has the organs of the lungs and the large intestine that move into metal and, and so on and so forth. I'm probably not giving, I won't actually go into them now, but I've really been influenced by them and see how they are a beautiful tool and lens for me to view what's going on in my body. And then there's the Ayurvedic perspective, which has five elements as well, but they are ether, air, fire, water, and earth. And Western herbal medicine also uses those same elements to diagnose and to treat. And we see those elements make up different plants in our area. So some plants are air plants um, and have a really strong correlation with the air element. And then some plants are earth plants, maybe like dandelion or burdock, things that have roots and are down in the earth. They're heavier and they balance us in those ways. So there's so many different ways, and sometimes they're complementary, sometimes they don't quite fit in, but most of the time they do. And I think if maybe, this is maybe more complicated, I'm kind of just hashing this out here with you all, but if we had this general introduction to the elements to a school of thinking like that and we started to see ourselves through these lenses how different would it be when we went to make dinner you know imagine we'd all woken up and done a collective yoga practice at our school and then we had lunch and it was from herbs that our parents or we harvested from the garden with some tomatoes from the garden and we just had that understanding of that and then we went home and we were like, hmm, I'm feeling a little bit tired or my head's a bit clogged up, you know, and there was some herbs growing. We just picked them. And, like, we're as young as, like, nine and we're just walking home from school and we can just pick some, a few leaves to eat as we go back to balance out that. Because it's all so simple. I think the thing about Western medicine is it's very complicated. It's hard to understand. So... To understand how to break everything down to its smallest form and its isolate each compound and memorize a million different biochemical constituents and how they interact, that's complicated and everything has a really complex name. And this is powerful. Like, science has given us some amazing ways to respond to acute illnesses and brain tumours and cancers and things like that. There's, well, maybe not cancer. <sighs> but it's there and it's needed. If you break your bone, I'm definitely going to go to the doctor straight away. Like, it's, it's that first aid, immediate response that's needed for extreme, extreme cases. But 90% of the time, I don't think we have to go there. 90% of the time, if we're already correcting things and making sure it's all good and kind of patching 
ourselves up before we get to that point, we might not need to go to the doctor. I'm trying to think of a good analogy. Maybe it's like you've got the wall in your house, this mud brick wall, and slowly it starts to chip a little bit and the rain outside erodes it, but you keep, and then it might get a little crack, but you just, you just notice that, and so you get some mortar and you have to just tap it up and clean it up, and then you maybe put some render on the outside once or twice a year, and then it's winter and you have to put a lime render over the top. You just know these different cycles, and you're constantly aware and attending to it because it's a natural wall and it needs constant kind of attention in a way. But if you just ignore it and you can see the cracks, one day you wake up and there's this big crack running from the floor all the way up to the top of the wall. And you're like, ooh, that's not so good, but I don't know how to make a render to fix that crack. I'm just going to leave it for a bit and just hope that it's all okay and just ignore it. Because they can, because the foundations are still there. The roof's not going to fall down. Like The walls are still all up. The next day there's another crack and you do notice that the time and the energy and the rain is everything. It's kind of wearing this wall away. But you're like, oh, well, it's still standing. It's fine. And then one day there's a really big storm and the roof blows off. (laughs) And then one of the walls completely caves in. And you're like, oh, no. I, I could sort of see that coming, but I just, I didn't, Yeah, I didn't learn. I didn't know how to fix it. And so you have to call in all your friends or maybe the guy who made the mud bricks to begin with and knows how to make the mortar. And you have to fix it all up from the ground up again and then do another render over the top. That costs you a lot more money and a lot more time. And so I wonder if health could be viewed as this. If we see the cracks or see where things are getting a little bit mouldy or getting a little bit worn and we just top them up and patch them up, just gently tending each day and learning. You know, maybe there's a different thing that happens each day. Like we haven't really... we We need to make a different mix each day of the clay and the mortar. Depending on where we source the materials from, it's always going to be a little bit of a different ratio. But in the end, it's still coming in to fix the cracks. Although I'm not sure about this analogy because I think talking about human health as you have a crack might not be so applicable, but I think you get the idea. And the going back to the human form, yeah, I think that having a, a lens or an understanding or a way of knowing how to tend to this human wall, this human form, formwork, through the sense of the elements is really, really powerful. I guess as beings today, I get a sense that we're really filled up with information. We know a lot of facts. We can look anything up at any one time. But also, at the same time, maybe we're not filled up with the kind of information that's really, really useful for us. 
the ability to respond and interact with our environment as opposed to just Googling what we need to know. I think there's this intuitive sense that we're losing at the moment and I really believe that that could be to do with the amount of time that we spend on computers or on our phones and especially being stuck in a school or a workplace. There's not much time to really attune and to tend to your basic needs at that time. And there's not that much variety when you go into a supermarket about what food you can get. And how much, how fresh is that food? How do we know how long this apple's been sitting in cold storage for? In a way, we don't have a lot of the skills and the senses that our ancestors would have had. They would have been harvesting and planting a lot of their foods. And they'd know when something was a bit old or it wasn't time to eat it right, you know? Like, we'd, we'd have an idea of when the seasons were coming and how to eat seasonally. And we'd just know a few herbs that we could pick and eat as, or make a little tea from, or if we're having a fever, what will warm the body up, what will cool the body down. And they're all small things that I think I'm really witnessing a movement moving towards. Yeah, we're moving towards it. Maybe I'll speak a little bit now about my personal experience and how I've been on this journey. Like, what steps did I take along my path to get to where I am? And who even knows where I am? But it's a, I'm always in motion. And there's, but I do feel like not going to school, I was home educated until I was 14, really gave me this opportunity to follow my curiosity and to sit and notice and have time spent where there was nothing, no one around or nothing really to do. And to be curious about like, oh, I'm feeling this or I want to learn this and then to just have to go to the library back then there wasn't even a computer and find books on it or find someone who could teach me about what I wanted to learn and that journey more and more it became clear that what I wanted to learn about was plants how to grow them how to pick them how to harvest them and also yeah how to Oh, I just had a mind blank. Yeah, how to make medicine from them. And this also, I've always learned so much through other people. I think that I learn way more from having a conversation with someone or even listening to a podcast or YouTube or reading a book than I have from being told that this is what you need to do and you need to pass this test like at uni. So I'm studying a degree of Western herbal medicine which is important and I am learning from that but the practical three lessons which I just talked about before about developing my movement practice and connecting in with my body and having a connection to where I'm eating my food from and where I'm harvesting my medicine and three looking at my body through an elemental or holistic lens those things I didn't learn at uni those are things that I've learnt through places that I've travelled to, people that I've lived with, friends. You know, I've gone over to a friend's house and they're making a brew of some herb and I'm like, wow, 
yeah, what's that? And they tell me and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I've never heard of it. And they're like, yeah, I just grow it. Do you want a cutting? And I'm like, amazing, I'd love to. And then I go and read some books about it and then it's my new favorite herb for the next three weeks. Um, and that's how I learn. And so I think that this, coming back to the start of the entire podcast now about how this is a really powerful opportunity, this giant collective global pause that we're going on and this breath in and sinking and waiting and then to breathe out with action and to take take sovereignty over our health and to get really curious and start interacting with our environment, start harvesting herbs and making medicines and meeting your local herbalist and asking for them and getting tinctures from them and just taking little steps now to becoming more in touch, I would say, as a community and as a country and as a globe. And reading and connecting in with people, Indigenous peoples who have worked with the land and trying to gain respect and space for that to be reawakened in our culture, I think is something that I feel passionate about and is a slow process for me to feel more like I'm doing something for that. But yeah, I think that this podcast, I'm calling in visionaries and medicine makers and people working with themselves and with others to claim that sovereignty. So over the next couple of weeks, I'll be interviewing a few beautiful people. And please get in touch with me if you resonate with this work and my work. You might have been following me for a while. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you, especially if there's any topics that you'd like to hear about. Yeah. Um, So my website is lilyoftheherbs.com. And you can email me at lilyoftheherbs at gmail.com. Yeah, if you're keen to speak on my podcast or if you have someone in mind that you'd like me to talk to. Thanks for listening and, yeah, see you next week.